Hey Warriors and welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you guys have been having a great week. Um, my week's been pretty decent. Um, just you know, getting ready for you know, moving forward. Been looking for apartments, haven't found anything quite yet. Um, we also still have a few things we have to do here in Colorado before we can leave. And once that's all taken care of and done, then we'll be able to move forward completely. And we're pretty excited about that. And just checking out more and more about the area of Waco and just learning more about what we could do and praying about it and just like letting God kind of just stir up things in our minds and hearts about the future and just writing it down and just I mean a lot of it's really going to be us being out there but hey once we get out there then we'll know more about what we're supposed to do 100 percent. but it's still good to have a plan to be able to go out there a little bit prepared enough but you know most of the time it's also the demographic and the people you meet and just the opportunities to start opening up as you're there and sometimes your course changes we've talked about that a little bit um you know the one thing you know that we could just ask for prayers that, you know, we find the right place and a location that's in a good location for not only for the ministry, but also for us, you know, safety wise, not being in the middle of crime, crime area, but also close enough to the city and the area so that we can go in and out when we need to. And just, you know, the right people that we get to meet, you know, it's, it's just exciting to see what God is doing and will be doing through this and just being prepared for the, whatever this next stage is going to be. So this week, you know, what's been going through my mind lately is, you know, I, I was, I was one of those kids that was brought up with the eighties cartoons. And one of my favorite ones was GI Joe. I, I love GI Joe like crazy. I had a ton of figures. I would spend hours outside creating, you know, trips, traps and tripping trippings for the, for Cobra. And, and I would use the real grass and the high, like high level grass and bushes and use it as kind of like hideouts and scenarios. And I would make, you know, trenches and I would set up all these like elaborate, uh, I guess you say real life stuff. I even use like toothpicks or sticks to, be like traps for cobra people to fall into even though we all know when we watch the show nobody gets killed or shot for the most part but you know if you, you were brought up with that or you had kids and maybe you watched it with your with your kids when they were watching it um, there's always this one part at at the end of every episode it's a part that a lot of us probably actually remember but it was always like a little scenario, you know, like, you know, Billy was flying a kite. The kite got caught on the power lines. So his friend Johnny tells him, hey, why don't you climb up the pole and get it? And just as Billy was about to go climb up the pole, one of, you know, insert G.I. Joe name would appear and they would say, no, don't do that. And they'd be like, but why? And then he would explain how dangerous it is to climb up power poles and trying to save, you know, your kite off of the power lines because of how much energy courses through that and it could hurt you really severely i don't think they used the word kill or die from it because they didn't want to terrify kids but the idea was then the kids would go oh wow i didn't know and then the famous saying would be well knowing is just half the battle and the concept behind that statement has always stood with me for years and years and years you know, I never really thought about how interesting it is that cartoons when we were growing up, a lot of it had like lessons or moral lessons that were taught or engraved into the, the show itself. I mean, J.I. Joe and its design was cool laser guns and, you know, cool tanks, cool characters. But the idea was that 
the G.I. Joe, American heroes, were heroes that fought against those that were considered terrorists and people who wanted to hurt not only people, but, you know, the, the world itself, the nature, you know, use any method to make money and power. So Cobra has always been the image of people who basically hate humanity. Now, sadly, the way our culture is today, they don't think like those American heroes anymore. They think we need to be just like everybody else and we need to fit like everybody else. But the truth is, you know, do are we supposed to be this free country or are we supposed to be like everybody else? And I'm I'm always aside with, you know, the American values and perspectives but the idea is that this statement knowing half the battle is a very interesting statement okay knowing is talking about knowledge and the fact that what we've been kind of talking about or at least i've been kind of hinting towards is the idea of knowing your scripture and knowing god and a lot of times when i, I go back and i look at our current culture state and I'm talking Christian culture state, I've been running into more people who do not know any form of knowledge of scripture, but know ideals behind scripture. And in, you know, Proverbs talks about that having knowledge is vital to getting wisdom. And wisdom gives us a better understanding of basically understanding of moral thought or moral thinking, how, how to properly think because our mindset is of God. And one of my favorite verses is like Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, just give me a moment. Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, a lot of people have memorized this these two verses like it's pretty popular even with young people but it says i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies a living sacrifice holding acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship do not conform this is the main thing that a lot of people like i don't know if you guys remember the the christian um clothing line called um not of this world well this is the the verse perspective that they come from do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of god what is good and acceptable and perfect a lot of times we memorize this verse specifically but we always forget the first part where it states you know present your body as a living sacrifice holding supple to god so I remember, I believe it was either the last episode episode before, <clears throat> we talked about how God is holy, okay? Holiness means there is no wrong, no sin, no evil. You're, you're, the perfection of what Christ did for us on the cross is the symbolism of holiness. Now, Christ lived holy, perfect. That means he didn't sin. Doesn't mean he wasn't tempted, but he didn't sin. See, temptation is the when you know that you shouldn't be doing something, and so there's like this desire or push at you to do it. That's being tempted. Taking action on temptation is sinning. So the idea is that understanding that we're supposed to be 
presenting our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God is that that means we're supposed to be striving to be living our lives as a sacrifice to him but also to strive to be holy and when it means to be acceptable it does not mean to be accepted in heaven when it's talking about us to be acceptable it means living your life out the way you're supposed to okay now the second verse says do not conform to this world this is like one of my favorite parts about this to, to not conform means to not give to that world view of this world now this is the this is the key thing of why there's an issue going on because if you only see one side of the battle and you don't have the other half of understanding the knowledge then how are you supposed to battle okay so we're not to conform to this world so we're not supposed to be like the world we're not supposed to act like the world we're not supposed to think like the world we're not supposed to make choices like the world would make that's why some of the phrasing we hear, like follow your heart or do what you know, what you think is right. All those statements, that's a worldview getting infiltrated into our Christian view and getting looked at as okay, love like love is love. You just need to love everybody. Okay? You know, even though it states in Ephesians 4, if we go down to like verse 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do, which is interesting. Uh, in the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding. Now, to clarify Gentiles in this situation, they mean people who don't follow God or follow Christ, okay? They do not mean that everybody who's not Jewish in this sense, even though that's the meaning before but the idea was that the jews were set aside just like christians are set aside um because they believed in who god is so therefore the the purpose of this was to clarify understanding not to be of the world so not being like everybody else okay because in their minds they think of darkness they think of futility they think of things of the of what would sin would be or what the purpose of sin would be Okay, it says uh, to understand their un and dark darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. Because they don't know Christ, their hearts are hardened. They don't seek the, the the knowledge that is given. Right. So then it says they have become callous and have given themselves up to the sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned, basically, in Christ. Okay? So the picture is that we're constantly looking at the view of the of do not be conformed with understanding that we're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to look like them, act like them, or even similarly be like them. But yet, what we've seen, especially in the past 7 to 10 years, and especially from 2020... We've seen lots of Christians start jumping onto this bandwagon of emotional spiritualism. We've seen them jump on like supporting views without actually knowing or understanding what was going on. See, knowing is half the battle. Okay. So what I've been seeing is that the other half of the battle is we're jumping on these ideals and views that don't 
line up with Christian views, but we're twisting enough Christian views to be able to make that view be okay. I mean, I've never seen so much twists and turns of Christian verses to support an agenda as much as I did in 2020 and into last year. I mean, it's just been radicalizing these views and then twisting our truth to fit and say, yes, we're supposed to jump on this. We're supposed to be like that. We should be focusing on how horribly white America is. We should be chasing after wokeness. We should be more progressive as Christians. Why? The purpose of the gospel message is to tell people what Christ did. That has never changed. That view has never been different. So why are we being more acceptable of worldview or conforming to world needs to make them like us? Because I'm starting to feel like we're starting to try to be more spiritual because we want people to kind of have our option as part of their option. So that makes it easier for them to get to know Jesus. But the truth is, people aren't going to like Jesus because he's telling them that they need to stop doing what they're doing and follow him. And a lot of people in our Christian culture are accepting of a lot of different views, but still calling themselves Christian. I mean, I've been hearing it more. And the sad part is I'm seeing youth leaders not confronting our teens and our young people and telling them, hey, stop doing that. Hey, that is not right. Hey, that's not biblical. And this is why. So I'm not saying running around saying no, no, no. I'm saying running around and teach, teach, teach. You need to be teaching each other understanding. You need to be teaching each other so that we're prepared because like, and if we, we're going to go back to verse two in a second, because the second half of the, of this thing, but going to verse three, um, in Romans 12, it says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think himself more highly than, than he who ought to think, to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Whereas in one body, we have many members and members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. So the idea is that taking this image of the body and unity and understanding that each one of us have a different part, okay, that's not talking about what you think is right and true. It's not talking about moral thinking. It's talking about how we're supposed to be in unity teaching. Okay, verse seven says, "Service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his ex exhortation, the one who contributes in his gen generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with with cheerfulness." So the idea is that we're supposed to have gifts, and we're supposed to be living the life like we're supposed to live for Christ, right? But we cannot run around saying that we're followers of Christ when we only live half of the battle with understanding based on not having the knowledge behind it to support it. This Proverbs, like I told you, it, it, a lot of Proverbs, like if you're really interested in understanding wisdom and understanding how to take wisdom and, and learn from it so that you're living your life like you should, that's the opportunity for you to do it is 
to study God's word so that you may grow, so that you may learn, so that you may make good choices based on that. And if you honestly think that by doing what makes makes you feel good or what feels right is the answer that you've been looking for, then you're absolutely off track. And you don't have the knowing like you're supposed to have. We're going to take a quick break here and come right back. And I'll see you right after the commercial. Hey, Warriors, and welcome back. So we've been talking a little bit about um, the wisdom. We've been talking about, like, G.I. Joe and, you know, the, the statement, knowing is just half the battle, right? So... I wanted to share a quote that I've shared before, but the quote has always stuck with me. And it's even on my Facebook page because it's something that to me, it fits this whole category. Cause we were talking about Proverbs, how you want to learn about wisdom and understanding of knowledge, you know, to gain the, the knowledge or gaining knowledge gives you wisdom. Okay. And we always talk about how older people have a lot of wisdom. Well, wisdom is coming because of knowledge, experience, understanding, right? So this quote says, uh, wisdom is the ability to make godly choices in life. You achieve this goal by applying God's truth to your life. Okay. Applying God's truth to your life. I want that to stick in your head as we, as I finish this last part so that your choices will be indeed godly. Okay. Uh, the goal by applying God's truth to your life, God's truth, God's truth is the knowledge that we gain from knowing. Does, is that starting to jive now? So knowing God's truth is by knowing God's word. Gaining God's word and plus what you've experienced in life, how you lived out your choices. So making good choices, making bad choices, both have consequences of whether they're good or bad, but they both have teaching experiences. Like there's times where we want to teach other people, don't do this because you'll have to go through that. And then a lot of times, you know, if we all have kids, we don't want our kids to go through the same path that we've gone. We don't want, we don't want them to make the same mistakes we've gone through. Even if you have nieces and nephews, even if you have younger people in your life, you're a youth pastor or a pastor and you're dealing with young people. The goal is we don't want those kids to go through what we have gone through. We want them to not make the mistakes, but sometimes they still make the mistakes. Right? So now that they make the mistakes, we should get behind them and encourage them to get back on track. But those mistakes will also teach them how to learn from it and therefore they gain knowledge from it and the good choices they make you know they learn from it and they get to see knowledge from it and that knowledge then gives them wisdom because if we go back to ephesians 4 uh, verse 13 it says until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood or womanhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See, once again, the idea 
is that there is this need of knowledge. So understanding and knowing God. See, one of the things I've kind of noticed in our culture, and I'm talking Christian culture, is we have a lot of people who think they're knowledgeable because they live their life based on feelings, emotions, what they see the world is saying is okay, and therefore, hey, if we define Christ as Jesus, Jesus is love, then we should just be accepting of everybody where they're at. And the truth is, that is a definite no. If you are thinking that you can be something that scripture says is wrong and be okay to continue living that way, whether it's specific sins that we always like to talk about or whether it's a chronic liar whether it's someone who steals all the time someone who may uh, hate his brother and sister someone who may hurt other people physically mentally or emotionally and then turn around and say yeah i'm a christian but they don't change that's a big concern huge concern because there should be change there should be some form of understanding that when you accepted Christ, you are not the same person you were before. There is a complete change. But you also know that the sin that you've been living, and because scripture says it's wrong, you need to be turning from. It doesn't mean that it's you're not going to be tempted. You're not going to struggle with it. Okay? People will struggle with some sins, but I will tell you this. There is some people who have said that God has removed this one sin from their life. Does not mean that they're perfect. It just means that one sin that had enslaved them so harshly that they could not get away from it, that God removed it. And, you know, I believe that's possible. It doesn't mean that they don't sit in other ways. It doesn't mean that temptation doesn't hit them, but it means that they don't. They, they don't, that temptation isn't so strong that they just are enslaved to it. But then there's a lot of people who have started to excuse certain sins as, well, that's just normal. That is just the way it is. That's just how it should be. You know, you know, people are loving, so therefore they're, they're okay. No. There's plenty of times in scripture where God has identified certain sins as evil. And if you think it's okay to live in such evil, then you don't know your scriptures and you haven't studied your scriptures because a loving God has given you an opportunity to repent from any of your sins, to say to his son, I want you to be my savior and I'm willing to follow you. That's clearly explained in the message of the gospel. Christ wasn't sent to judge the world or condemn it, I should say, because condemning has already existed. Christ has given, came to give us hope from that condemnation. To not be condemned. See, this is why I think is very interesting. The knowledge that you need to have, at least the half of the battle that you should have is written in the Bible, but yet we ignore it as if it's not true. Or we start, like I said before, compare it to other sins as not that bad. 
See, if you go back to Romans 12, and you go, we're going to go back to 2 in a little bit, but 14, verse, no, 14, verse 9, excuse me, says, let love be genuine. Okay? People are like, oh, yes, 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 yes. Abhor what is evil, hold fast what is good. Abhorring means, like, basically running away or, like, I want that away from me. Um, people don't often see that as, like, they're so confused by it. It says, regard with disgust and hatred. So you're supposed to discuss it and hate sin. That's the implication. Abhor what is evil. Well, what is the definition of evil in here? Well, let's go and you go look into scripture. If you were to go spend time, you can Google out sins of the Bible. And you can look up every single sin that has ever been written in the scriptures. And those things are to, are evil in God's eyes. Because God is holy, meaning no evil can stand before him. So if, if scripture says this is wrong and you're standing before God, that is wrong. So therefore it can't be in front of God. So therefore it is not holy. And if it's not holy, it's evil. This is knowledge. Understand that. That's how strict that it is. Like we treat God as if he's like just sitting there, just, you know, well, you know, you weren't that bad of a person. So, you know, I'm not going to really punish you for that. I mean, you're very loving. So therefore, you know, even though you were a chronic liar, you know, I'll excuse it. You know, we're not under a good works, bad works system. It's you accept Christ, you change. If you're continually doing sin, it's not going to only ruin your life. But if you truly had accepted Christ, there should be a desire to, to, to remove that evil from your life. It does not mean later on you may not lie again. It does not mean you won't make other mistakes. What it means is that we have grace. And if you're not being taught correctly, not gaining the knowledge, which is half the battle then you're going to miss out on understanding truth for your future. Now it says in verse 10, love one another with brotherly love affection. So a lot of times people are misconstruing this idea of love, meaning that any type of love is okay, but no brotherly love means, you know, you, you like you love your sister and brother. So you treat anybody who's a believer, like you love them in, as a brother and sister. And this is believers, not unsaved people. And it says, outdo one another in showering honor. So respect, honoring, love, you know, showing that love to one another, encouraging one another, building on one another. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contri contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So we should be helping one another. Bless those who persecute. Bless and do not curse them. So in other words, do not hate those that have hurt, hurt you. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Be associate with the lowly. Never be wise to your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought and do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So the idea is we're not supposed to be running around causing battles, but we're also not supposed to be running around just accepting everybody where they're at in the sense of, hey, you know, you're a sinner, but hey, you know, Jesus loves you. So even though you continue to live in your sin, you know, that's okay. No, 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 that's not okay. You need to work on trying, trying to re get 
encouragement, accountability, um, ask for forgiveness, change, find ways to change, ask Christ to change you, uh, to, you know, there's nothing that we are tempted that God does not give us a way out of. So understand that, you know, and a lot of people in verse 20 will take this part is like, oh, no way. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. But for by do, by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So a lot of times people are like, oh, well, no evil in here is just talking about it. No, 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 no. It's talking about evil. Adore, abhor what is evil. Evil is all everything that's not holy, which is basically every sin in the Bible. Okay. You need to understand that. So knowledge, having having half the knowledge basically is the first part of what you need to be able to live out a life that is Christ-like. So if we go back to verse 2 in Romans 12, as a, you know, we talked about do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we're supposed to test out things that we hear. So if there's a pastor teaching you that, for one, it's okay to lie as long it doesn't hurt anybody, go to Scripture, find out what Scripture says. Don't just take what he says because it fits your pattern of normality. See, the key thing is people like to have, like in Scripture, itchy ears. They like to hear things that fit their worldview their governing spiritual system. So when someone you know, supports that, then they're like, they take it. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, so-and-so said it. No, 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 what does scripture say? Just like pastors who don't, you know, they talk about, you know, you shouldn't have sex before marriage, but they don't confront the idea, of, well, if you're living with your significant other in the sense of, oh, no, I'm talking about, man woman and that you're not married but you're dating and you're living with each other and you're living in the same bedroom together and even if you're not so-called not having sex that's still a no you shouldn't be living with each other because you're not married if you can't separate then go get married even if it's going to the you know, the courthouse and doing it that way, get married, get right. So the idea is that we excuse some things because it's under this like umbrella of love. And so if it's loving and not evil, therefore it's not that bad. And we need to get that mindset mindset out of our thinking because the knowledge you gain from studying scripture, the idea is that you don't want to, you know, the idea, if you go back to Ephesians 4, 14, it says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. See, the idea is when we start allowing our minds to be taken in by all these different kind of views mixing into our Christian view, we're going to get tossed around. We're just going to go with the next thing, going with the next thing, going with the next thing. You know, when we start like right now, because we have a high, this high emotional spiritualism going in some churches, you're getting a bunch of people who are spiritualized emotionally. So therefore when they don't feel it, then they're not spiritual. And that's not how it works either. 
you know, the knowledge you need to gain from Scripture on your own as an individual, spending time in God's Word, studying it. Whether there's a question, go look it up and see if you can find Scriptures that support it. But you remember, you got to learn the contents of that chapter. So don't just take just because it sounds good and sounds right that it's okay. You got to make sure you understand where it's talking about because there is some things where you're like, oh man, it sounds just like what I'm thinking in my head. But if you go and read the actual chapter, it has nothing to do with what's going on in your head. I mean, that's that's part of that emotional push in people's minds. And there's preachers who are preaching verses and just taking verses out of context to fit a view. And the idea is that, you know, you need to take scripture for where it's at. So like in Ephesians 4, it's talking about the unity of Christ. Well, unity of Christ can only happen if you have unity. And unity comes with um, everybody having the same understanding. And the only way you have the same understanding is if you study scripture. Ah, see, that makes sense now. And then if you go to Romans 12, it talk, it's talking about, one, you know, being a sacrifice. It's talking about if you go down verse 9 and that, that's talking about what makes a true Christian. Which, once again, you have the knowledge and understanding of who Christ is, you're not going to conform to this world. In fact, you're going to be transformed because your mindset is going to be on Christ and not on the world. And so you test when the world is t- saying, hey, this is something that we should stand by. Like, for, for example, BLM stuff. Um, the wokeness of churches and trying to say that, you know, white issues in churches. None of that is in scripture. You would have to twist everything around to make that work. And according to this, you test it. Okay, this is what so-and-so is saying in my church. This is what what these views are saying. This is what these people are believing. Does this fit into what scripture is saying as truth? Because it says, when you go back to Ephesians 4, verse 14, to be careful because you will be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. And doctrine is, whether it's ideologies, philosophies, I, I know spiritual views, um, twisting of scripture to make gave you work those are all underneath this wind of doctrine because if this idea doesn't fit my mindset it's wrong that's how our current system works but this one does we have a lot more christians who are looking at the scripture as like a big giant library where they could just pick one part of it and say oh i believe in this part of the bible they're like yeah but this bible part of the bible says this and he's like oh i don't believe in that part because this is more relevant to me you're seeing that the combination is when we start doing that, it's all about me. We become our own little God and we start making our own little views. We start making our own little religion and we're walking away from the truth. We're walking away from following Christ because remember he is the body. We are part of the body of Christ. So if he is the head, therefore he is holy. If he's holy, that means anything that does not fit his word and is not holy evil we're supposed to behore from it and hold fast to what is good so the idea is that god has given us the ability if you go back to ephesians equipment with understanding there's different parts there's different gifts that the disciples were given basically our apostles um and there is parts of us as as followers of christ that we're all given these gift purposes but the key thing of understanding understanding how you can not fall into those traps of this culture is by knowing half the battle 
which is the knowledge, spending time in God's word, studying the truth. Don't take what people tell you straight out as them being 100% true because you can make scripture sound beautifully perfect for whatever you want it to be. And as long as you don't study the scriptures, someone in leadership, even someone like me in leadership could be telling you something that's not true. That's why we have so many pastors today who have been jumping on these views that aren't necessarily biblical, but they twist enough of the scripture to say, yeah, this is biblical. This is what, this is a problem. This has always been there. No, no, no. You, you got to take the scriptures in the contest and then preach the truth. And right now, the main goal should be focusing on the gospel. It is super vital for us as Christians to teach truth. Because as you discern what is the will of God, you discover what is good, acceptable, and perfect. This is why knowing is half the battle. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I ask that you bless the guys that listen to this episode that they have a better understanding that they need to have the other half of the battle, which is knowledge and wisdom, so that they can have a better understanding when they see things in this culture, especially our Christian culture, that just doesn't make sense because they've been reading their scriptures and things are going to pop out and they're just it's just not going to fit into your truth. It's going to fit into the pastor's truth or a group of people's truth. Lord, help them to understand the difference that unity in Christ means that we need to be following the scriptures, not unity in Christ in the way we think Christ would be. There's a difference, Lord. I pray that you move men's hearts today, that in their churches, that they'll start paying attention to what is being told to them and making sure that their pastor is speaking truth. That the, those in leadership are speaking truth, because you may have an amazing senior pastor, but there's some staff members that are teaching some things that are, that are not connecting. You know, we're supposed to have discernment. We're supposed to be watching out. We're supposed to be on guard. We're supposed to be able to pay attention to what is being said in our church so that we're teaching our families correctly, but also that people that are coming in and listening are learning truth and not being lied to or being, having the, the words twisted enough where they'd be false teachers. Lord, I ask that you open up eyes, open up ears, open up their hearts and their minds that they may be able to pay attention and listen and study on their own and grow on their own. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you guys have a great week and I will see you next time.